For the last five years or so, I have been one of the editorial writers for the Rhode Island Catholic, it's our diocesan newspaper. When I read the Gospel in preparation for this Mass, I thought of one of the first editorials I wrote back in 2018. Let me read that short editorial to you now. The most popular class in the history of Yale University is being held this semester. Nearly one quarter of the school's population is enrolled in it. The title of the course is Psychology and the Good Life. And its purpose is to teach these young people how to attain a measure of happiness in their lives. Similar courses have also been held at other major universities in recent years. One Yale student was quoted as saying that enrollment in these so-called Happiness 101 classes is a cry for help. That candid comment says a lot. Yale was founded in 1701 to train congregational ministers. The early graduates of Yale understood that the key to attaining a measure of happiness in this world and perfect happiness in the next is to be found in a personal relationship with the living God and with his son, Jesus Christ. Obviously, that is not so clear to Yale students in 2018. In no small part, this is because they're growing up in a culture which has, for all practical purposes, rejected God. We hope that these young men and women will rediscover their educational and academic roots, which are deeply spiritual and firmly grounded in faith. If they do, they will come to recognize the truth of St. Augustine's words, O Lord, you made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I doubt that much has changed at Yale since 2018, although I found out this week that you can access this course online now, if you're interested. You might want to check it out when you're surfing the net sometime. Which brings us to the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the keys to true and lasting happiness. The true and lasting happiness that those Yale students and all of us are looking for. Notice each beatitude begins with the word blessed. The word in the original Greek text of Matthew's Gospel is makarios. Makarios can be translated by the English word blessed as it is here, but it can also be translated by the English word happy. And in some versions of the Bible, that's how it is translated. In those versions, the first beatitude reads, Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The other beatitudes begin in the same way. The beatitudes are the attitudes that keep us on the road to eternal life, which is why they have the power to bring us happiness. But we need to be clear about it. This is not the superficial kind of happiness that depends on circumstances which, by the way, is the kind of happiness that Patriot fans and Packer fans do not have right now <laughs> on Championship Sunday in the NFL. See, that kind of happiness comes and goes, depending on what's going on in your life, whether or not your favorite football team won its last game. The happiness that comes from embracing and living the Beatitudes is different. The happiness that comes from embracing and living the Beatitudes is a happiness that it's really a kind of peace, inner peace, that dwells at the very core of your being. 
which means that it can exist and persist even in the midst of great sorrow, which is great news. It should be great news for all of us because we all have many moments of sorrow in our lives. So Jesus says here, happy will you be if you are poor in spirit. In other words, happy will you be if you know you need God and then put him first in your life. Because in doing that, you'll be on the road to heaven, even if from time to time you experience a few bumps in the road here on earth. Happy will you be when you mourn. When you mourn, first of all, for your own sins, because your mourning will lead you to repentance. Happy will you be when you mourn in the midst of the bumps in the road you experience, because those sufferings you know will bring you closer to Christ. When you offer them up, as the nuns used to tell us to do, you draw down many blessings into your own life and into the lives of others. Happy will you be if you are meek. In other words, if you humbly accept God's will in your life with serenity and confidence. Happy will you be if your first goal in this life is to be holy and not rich or famous. Happy will you be if you are merciful and forgiving Unforgiveness will not destroy you as it destroys many people today. And God will be merciful to you in your own life. And we all need God's mercy. Happy will you be if you are single-hearted, if you serve God for the right reasons, not for selfish motives. Happy will you be if you work to establish peace, the peace that Jesus Christ came to this earth to give. Peace in your family, peace in your place of employment, peace wherever you happen to be. Happy will you be even in the midst of persecution because you realize you're sharing in the cross of Christ, which means that you'll share more fully in the fruits of the Lord's resurrection someday. This is Jesus' prescription for happiness. I wonder how many of these ideas can be found in Yale's Happiness 101 course. Hopefully at least a few of them are there in some form, like the one about being merciful and the one about working for peace. But all of them are important. They're important because they make it clear that we should not base our happiness on the ever-changing circumstances of our lives, like whether or not our favorite football team wins. But that's a mistake that many people make, which is illustrated, I think, by the polling data on this issue. You know, in recent years, Americans have been polled and asked whether or not they're happy. And amazingly, when that's been done, only 31 to 35 percent have answered in the affirmative. Almost 70% have said that they are not happy at the present time. That's amazing. But that makes a lot of sense to me, because in my humble estimation, that's about the percentage of the population that's dealing with difficult circumstances at any given time. For example, I'll bet that if I took a survey today on how many of you are dealing with difficult circumstances in your lives right now, at least seven out of every ten of you would raise your hands. So obviously it's a mistake to try to find lasting happiness, lasting beatitude in the things and circumstances of this earthly life. If you do that, you'll be crying seven out of every ten days. The happiness, the beatitude that endures comes from Jesus Christ. It is rooted in his words to us in this gospel. So we pray this morning, Lord, may your beatitudes become our attitudes. And may we inspire others to make your beatitudes their attitudes 
so that we will all experience a measure of beatitude here on this earth, and eternal beatitude someday with you in your heavenly kingdom. Amen.